You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the Best Life. start I just really want to say that I just really appreciate the fact that you and I are so similar and that we'll just like just fucking do it like does not need to be perfect it is really good it's, it's so really good because if you were ever like well let's like if you had to if you were the kind of person that needed to like stop constantly and like make sure I, I couldn't do this podcast with you. No, it's true. I had a client who did a podcast with a partner and she was like, her partner wanted to re-record the first episode. I was like, oh, hell no. no. We're one take wonders. No, one take Jake, man, do it. You either got it or you don't. You know what? And whatever you said first is what you really meant. Yeah. So fucking press publish. Uh, well, the reason why I want to say this because Danny and I had an idea for this episode. We wanted to keep it fun, keep it light. And it was something we, as you guys know, sometimes we like to make our own notes separate without sharing them with each other. And so then we talk about them on air. So basically we gave ourselves like a two minute, <laughs> a two minute deadline to like come up with our lists. And I was like, I'm good. You good? Okay, good. Yeah. Let's go. She's like, these are going to be evolved. And I was like, perfect. We want them as yeah, ridiculous as possible. So we're going to talk about the three things we miss the most about being a kid and three things we love about being an adult. And I wanted to first share that both Jill and I had troll doll collections when we were younger, which I thought was an interesting, <laughs> <laughs> an interesting thing. I had mine in fifth and sixth grade and I used to put them on my desk and they were in a very particular pattern. The big one was in the middle and the yep. mediums were next to them and then the small ones. And I collected them. And every time I got allowance, I would save up and I'd buy more troll dolls. I don't know how many I had, but probably at least 15, Same. 20. Yeah. You had some big ones, some babies. <laughs> Um, is that your first one that you missed from me? No, I oh. actually, it's not, I don't miss my troll dolls, but I just wanted to bring that up just cause we had that similarity from our childhood. Oh my God. I know. We'll tell my troll doll story at some point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, things. no, you go first on your, what you miss first about what you, miss um, about as a kid. kid. Okay. So when we were doing, we took our two minutes, I was like, okay, when I think back to being a kid, like what were the things that I really look forward to? Like what were some of the things that like, ah, like it's not that we can't do this stuff now. I caught myself being like, well, I guess I technically do that now, but it just wouldn't, it's just not something I would even want to do now really. But I remember it being such a, like just a huge part of my childhood. So the first one, it's kind of silly, but I remember early morning, Saturday, Saturday morning cartoons. That was oh. always big. So like wake up before your parents are up, go downstairs, 
get a whole bunch of fucking cereal, just eat and just like watch cartoon after cartoon at like 6.30, 7, 7.30. And that was when it was like Looney Tunes yeah. and all of those and um, Tom and Jerry and the Roadrunner. And I used to love those. And like asterisk, I also, along with that, miss eating just whatever the fuck I wanted, <laughs> yeah. and like burning it off later that day by like running around the neighborhood. I mean, just no regard for for carbs or food or cereal. I mean, just like a whole thing of cereal, pasta, I wonder, because we don't have kids and TV's so different now. Everything's on demand. Mm -hmm. That is there anything to look forward to? Because they could watch TV and cartoons at any time, right? I think a lot, I mean, maybe moms can chime in on this, but like, don't you guys give, you give them specific times, right? So Mm -hmm. if I I had a kid, I'd be like, yeah, your time to watch TV is Saturday morning so I can sleep the fuck in. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, so it's from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on Saturday morning only. Dude, the, the people who made cartoons were so smart to do that because the parents were like, thank, thank you. God. Geez. And also all the advertisers of toys were on during that time too. Oh so. yeah. <laughs> I used to love gummy bears and Fraggle Rock. <laughs> yep. So yep. good. So my first thing actually was kind of your asterisk, which was not thinking about food <laughs> and body image. I just, I, I don't remember exactly when I started to become aware, but just not like I didn't, you just eat whatever you want and you just want, you stuff yourself yeah. and you eat pizza all the time or hot dogs or whatever. And your parents make you eat healthy and you get pissed. But then when you get to have treats, you're so excited. I just miss like that. Not ever literally thinking about a calorie or weight or body image or anything. Like kids are so ridiculous. They could have like my nieces and nephews, they'll have chocolate all over their face. And you point it out and they're just like, whatever they're roll, going around. Like if I had chocolate smeared on my face, I'd be like, please tell me so I can get this <laughs> off. I remember but it's like, like, it's not going to pasta. Yeah. It's not going to stop. It's not going to stop a kid from doing anything. They just, have no self-awareness. And the, the thing about that is like, yeah, we could definitely do that now if we wanted to, but I don't even have the desire to do that anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just have the nostalgia of like what that was like when you just are trying to eat the most disgusting thing that you possibly can, because you're going to also like sprint around the neighborhood all day yep, yep. and like play tag with the neighborhood kids. Yeah. It was so fun. My second one that I miss about being a kid is the anticipation of liking a boy at school oh. and wait, it couldn't wait to see him at school. And are we going to pass a note? What's going to happen? My friends talking to him, like just the anticipation of like liking a boy and getting to see him at school every day. Oh my gosh. I love that feeling. That was more like probably like later elementary school, junior high school. Do you remember some of your first crushes? Yeah. My first, uh, first kiss was John Hennessy. Shout out sixth grade. I don't know if that was early or not. I had a boyfriend in sixth grade named Chris Beard, but we did not kiss. I don't even know why he was my boyfriend. He, I mean, we all had like boyfriends like third grade, <laughs> but like you never talked to him. He was like, we, we decided we were going out and uh, he lived like three streets over and he came over one day and I was sitting in the front yard on, an, on in the grass and he rode by on his bike and he just threw a necklace at me and then drove <laughs> off. Yes. And that was like his gift. I don't know if his parents helped yeah. him buy the necklace for his girlfriend, but I was, he just threw it and ran off. Oh my God. We used to pass <laughs> notebooks back and forth. So we would never talk. You never speak. You're like just a friend. You like their friend would come up to your friend and be like, Hey, John likes Jill. Do you want to see if she likes him back? And then like, I'd be like, yeah, I guess I like John. And then they'd tell him. And then all of a sudden we're in a relationship. We're like boyfriend, girlfriend. <laughs> and then we had a notebook that we would just write notes in. So I'd be like, Hey John, what's up? Like, Oh my God, math is so boring. LOL. I was one L at the time. And then I just, and then we literally in between classes, we'd pass. And then I would just give him the notebook and then he would take it and then write in it. 
whatever. And then we just pass it back and forth like that. That's the cutest thing ever. No, but remember the feeling though of like, <laughs> you just are like so giddy. Oh my God. But yes. you're terrified too. So scared and embarrassed. And oh my God. I didn't have a boy's notebook, but one of my best friends and I had a notebook. And oh yeah, grade. I did my friends too. And we would just pass the notebook and then write each other letters yep. all the time. Oh my God. So good. Oh, I love that. Well, my, my second one was actually just playing outside and playing in general. I would just spend hours and hours and hours. I hated when my mom would be like, okay, time to come in. It's like getting dark. And I even remember when I was, uh, I was living in California. So I was in fourth grade and there was a girl who was in sixth or seventh grade and she stopped coming out to play with us. Her name mm. was Jennifer. And I remember thinking, I'm never going to be like Jennifer. I'm always going to play. Like she's too, she's in middle school or junior high and she's too cool for play. And now I'm like, oh, I've become the person that's too cool for play. But there's some piece of you that kind of dies, I guess. I don't mm. know. But I, I just missed playing. I could, we would make all kinds of games, whether it's hide and go seek or kickball or just riding bikes around the cul-de-sac over and over and over, but just playing outside was so fun. And there was like not in even any toys, really. It was just no. like you and your friends and you'd be like, oh, here's dirt. Let's make mud masks. Yes. <laughs> like it was just whatever was there. We'd like, you find sticks and you're like, okay, we're camping now. <laughs> like you just made up the scenario. <laughs> yeah. I know it was so good. <laughs> yeah. Playing was so fun. I mean, I may or may not have like taken my Barbies out when I was like 13 at one point. Dang. I missed, I used to love Barbies. Did you get embarrassed about playing with them still? I would never do it in front of my friends. Yeah. It wasn't, isn't that never. funny how like at a certain age, it was like people would make fun of yeah. fun of other kids for doing that or like even believing in Santa or something or yep. like, like, oh, that's not going to be me, even though I kind of wish I still did. <laughs> even though I kind of still believe in Santa. Yeah. It's such a weird time, man. You're so just hyper, like insecure all the time, self-conscious constantly. I was so judgmental. I was so sad to learn about Santa. I was really upset. Were you? Yeah. My dad told me when I was eight. I was eight too. It was the two of us and he just goes, I need to tell you something. Oh, I was eight also. And I cried. I cried too. Yeah. Friends at school were talking about it and I didn't believe it. And finally I went to my parents. I was like, people are saying it's you guys. And they were like, remember my parents just looked at each other and they're like, well, we have to tell you it is us. And what, what, like all of a sudden everything clicked together. I was like, wait, are you guys the Easter bunny and fairy or oh, yeah, tooth same. fairy too? And I was like, oh, like, then it was just like, pff, everything just collapsed. And I was so devastated. Yeah, I wanted to believe that it was true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that too. I, I did the whole same thing. Uh, my last one about what I miss about being a kid is the lack of decisions. Mm. I like the lack of decisions, you know? Um, I liked that you didn't, that like you just there was a way that you had to do things and you like they, someone made decisions for you. You come home at this time, you do this at this, everyone goes to high school, everyone goes to like, if you're lucky enough, you go to college. Um, it's just the expectation of like, there, there's very little decisions. And, and I look back at that now, I, of course I hated it at the time, but when I look back at it now, it's something that I, you know, I just feel really appreciative of the fact that there wasn't all the, cause sometimes having too many decisions can feel paralyzing. Right. Yeah. So it's like, there was never a time where I was like analyzing over like, Oh my God, like what should I do or whatever? And it was kind of nice not having those options. Yeah. I like that. My last one was having no self-awareness kind of back to the, <laughs> kind of back to like the stuff on your face. Like yeah. you could wear anything, you could put your shoes on backwards. You can wear literally unmatching stuff and just not even 
you know, the adults are laughing at you, but you don't even, you don't even know, like you're, there's just a confidence that you have, nobody's ever shut you down. And so you just have this, like I saw our friend, Christine Hassler posted the other day on her Instagram said something about like, have the confidence of a four-year-old in a Superman shirt. It's like, you just ever, you just, I don't know, you can rule the world and you're not really paying, you don't, you're running around in your underwear. That's not a big deal. You're not scared. You're not embarrassed of your body. You have shit on your face. You don't care. It doesn't bother you. There's just no self-awareness. And I think there's a freedom to just really not knowing that you should know these things. Yep. So nice. It'd be really interesting if adults just acted like kids that way. I know. Could just, you even though? I mean, like, could you even? No. If you even tried to, like, let me act like a kid right now. It would just feel like so weird. I don't think you could. I don't think just you could. leave stuff on your face. People tell you to brush it <laughs> off. You're just like, ah, oh, whatever. I know. I love that one. So true. Hey friends, it's time to let our sponsors know that we appreciate them for, uh, supporting our show. And this sponsor happens to be CBD for life, CBD for life.us. Um, they have a bunch of amazing products. They have tinctures that you can put under the tongue. They have a lot of topical products. And I want to say one of my favorite ones is actually the eye cream. Same. Damn, I was just going to mention that. It feels Same. like a drink for your face. It does. It <laughs> feels so like, I love it. It feels tingly. I actually been using that and I've been using the face cream. Yeah. And I love the face cream. I'll just use it right after the shower, right after I wash my face. And it's so light. It doesn't feel greasy at all. It just like feels so light. And I definitely noticed that, that there I have more dewiness in my face. So if you're using the eye cream, if you're using the face cream, I would definitely recommend it, especially if you are in, into some anti-aging stuff. I'm glad you reminded me of the face cream because Jeff used all of mine and we don't have any more. So I'm going to tell him to... Give me some more face cream. I need to go. And I also check tend to have like really dry skin. So mm. if you're like me and you're constantly dehydrated, like me and Danny, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it just is so good to have something just to buffer that. So definitely recommend CBD for life. You guys go to cbdforlife.us and use the code the best life at checkout to get your discount. Try these products. You guys, we have been using them for several months now. We use them for like what, nine months now? Yeah. Um, and we love this company and we want you guys to go and check them out, support them uh, and use the best life at checkout for discounts. Yep. Moving on to what I love about being an adult, the, pr the plethora of decisions. Mm. So it's the opposite. Yep. As an adult, I love the autonomy. I love that there are so many different things that you can do. There's so many different paths you can take. And if I'm honest, when I got out of college, that was really actually scary because up until that point, everything was like kind of done for you. Right. So if you, you know, kind of, there's a script that you go through and I found a lot of comfort in that script up until a point until I fucking started hating it. But I think most of us, you know, we kind of, expect, and this can give people a lot of pressure. Like we have a lot of younger listeners who will come to us and say, thank you for helping me, you know, ditch the societal script or have the courage to do something different because I felt like I had to do this and this, and I need to be a relationship. I need to have a kid by 30, like all this kind of stuff. I love that. You know, I think all of us can look back at our adult life and know that one moment where you just kind of decided to say, fuck the script, you know, like you, yes, yeah, so you go to high school. Like if you're lucky enough, you get to go to college or whatever that looks like. And then you're like, I remember for me, it was like, okay, now I have to get a full-time job and a 401k and benefits and uh, a white picket fence. I need to buy a home. I need to find my husband that I'm going to be with forever. And like, and I remember around like 24, 25, when I first started competing, I was like, okay, there actually are other things I can do. And there was a lot of disappointment with my parents at the time because they, I think, really wanted me to kind of follow those 
uh, more traditional way of doing things just so that they could feel secure that I had a good job and I was making money and had benefits, you know, so for me to do a fitness competition or to be a personal trainer forever or whatever was not on, that wasn't on the, the path, right. That wasn't on the menu. Um, and I, I think sometimes the abundance of decisions can give us a lot of anxiety, but at the end of the day, it's, there's nothing better than being able to do what you feeling the power of being able to create what you want to create and realizing that there really aren't that many rules. Yes. Love it. This is actually so pretty much exactly mine. I wrote, <laughs> I wrote it in caps too. I said, I can do what I want when I want. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You say it a lot more succinctly than me. <laughs> because I, when I was younger, I would hear this from adults, hear this from my parents, enjoy this now. You're going to have so much responsibility when you're grown up. It's so much harder, like enjoy being a kid. And I'm like, yes, but I actually like being an adult more than a kid because I didn't like the rules. I didn't like being told what to do. I like, like last night I can, I make my bedtime usually between 10 and 11, but if I want to watch a show and stay up till two, I'm going to stay up until two. <laughs> if I want to eat candy uh, in my underwear, I'm going to eat candy in my underwear. I just, I get to choose now my choices I know have consequences. And so that's when sure. you have to self-regulate. Um, cause there, I think there is a point like to your, you know, out of college. And maybe that's why a lot of kids go off the rails when they go to college and get in the dorms. Suddenly yeah. they're like, I can do whatever I want. So I'm going to stay up late and I'm going to drink and I'm going to, and then they're like, Oh, okay. This is why I wasn't supposed to do all that. But I think there is such a freedom about being able to do what I want when I want. Um, and, you know, deciding if I know the, what the consequences and I choose anyway, then it's my choice. And so that's my number one yep. favorite thing about being I'm an adult. You. It's the best. I mean, that's, and if you are listening to this and you are an adult and you still feel like you have rules that you have to follow, I would encourage you to start questioning those, you know, and like, I know for me, especially being an entrepreneur, I think it's easier for us because we do literally have to create our job, you know, like we, we only make money if we work and we create something new. So I think, you know, look at maybe the areas in your life where you maybe feel a little bit boundaried or you feel like, you know, held back or whatever, and just question it. You know, it doesn't mean you have to do something different or you don't have to overhaul things, but I think questioning maybe some of the pieces of, and I still do this by the way, um, things in my life where I'm like, this isn't feeling aligned, you know, like this isn't actually how I want to be spending my time. Like, what am I actually like? Why am I doing this? Actually? I still catch myself all the time doing things out of obligation or a sense of guilt or uh, tradition or historically that was the way things were done. And I try to question those things. Um, and just buck the trend a little bit and just become a little bit more aligned. Sometimes it can be just like one small decision. Like, actually, I'm not doing that even though that's probably, that's the script, you yeah. know? You know, it's funny about the script thing. And I wasn't going to bring this up. I won't go too much into it. But even like when we did ayahuasca last year, mm. when I was younger, um, like when I say younger, I mean like college or whatever, um, because I had a child earlier, I really was like, okay, I have to be an adult now. I have to grow up. So I was like super strict on myself and, and I was very anti- drugs and, and not into any of that. And I would have never tried something like that. But after I got divorced, I was kind of like, okay, who cares? I'm going to smoke pot now. I'm going to try it. I'm going to do ayahuasca. Like I've done things more after 35 that seem like something a younger person would do because I'm like, wait, why was I against it? Because I was told in dare to just say no. Like, let me see how this works for me. What if I like it? I mean, I don't love smoking pot. Um, 
but I didn't want to keep judging it when I knew so many people did. So I was like, Hey, let me give it a shot. Um, let's try this other thing. And so I've tried different kind of drugs and I was like, I'm doing drugs in my third, late thirties versus doing drugs in my college years, which seems silly, but I am in a, just a different place and a different mindset and I'm not judging it. I'm like, cool. Now I know what this feels like, or if I like it, or if I don't, and it's something that I have the choice to do that. Right. So I just think, well, it's you know, I mean, we've said a couple of times in the podcast that you and I kind of like lived out our like older years in our twenties, yeah. you know, like I didn't drink for like seven years yeah, in we my twenties in our twenties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we just, I think we kind of did more of the, I did way more of the traditional stuff in my twenties. Yeah. And I'm glad for that. I'm like happy for that experience, but yeah, I've been, I've been doing a lot more different things. saying this year. So I've been doing, i was trying to do 40 days of no drinking, mostly because I was drinking so much. I'm like, I want to make sure I'm not an alcoholic. So uh, 40 days is coming up this weekend, but I was talking to Jeff about it. He's like, well, have you ever gone this long before? I was like, yeah, I went, like you said, yeah, seven years. Seven I was years. like, I went like seven, seven, eight years without drinking. Like I know what it's like to not drink all the time. So <laughs> I'm like, now I choose to. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which kind of brings me to a little bit, it's related to my second one. One thing I love about being an adult is sex and masturbation. Oh my God. That's my second one too. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, we did not talk about this before. And I also wrote it in caps. I just wrote sex. <laughs> you did. Yeah. I wrote sex but I was masturbation. masturbating when I was a kid. I know. I was actually going to say that. I, I started masturbating in high school and I know you started younger, uh, but I was also very Catholic in high school, so I should say masturbation without guilt. Yeah, <laughs> be that's like, true. Um, you know, and talking about when you say, again, like we kind of lived our 20 or like later years in our 20s, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of partners because I was always in a relationship. I was like a serial monogamist. I went from like long relationship to long relationship. So by the time I got out of my marriage, like I hadn't really had that many partners. So I've done way more fucking in the last five years than I did in the previous 35. Yep. Yep. Um, and so, and I don't judge it. And, and I've, especially we've talked about this in the sex episode of being older and being able to just enjoy it more because you know yourself better, yep. you have better body esteem, you know, like you're, uh, you're more willing to ask for what you want. Like I'm trying to get off, like, sorry. But so I think in your twenties, maybe it wasn't like that. So for me, I definitely have a greater appreciation for even just casual sex than I ever did before. And I think if I'm honest, probably in my twenties and at least my early twenties, I probably judged casual sex a lot. I know a lot of people like have a lot of casual sex in college and that just wasn't me. Same. I was always in long-term relationships. And now I'm just like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, sure. Like there definitely can, you know, you catch feelings and things like that. But at the end of the day, if you're being safe and you know what you're going into, like you said, like, you know what the consequences might be like, it's fucking fun yep, and yep. it feels good. <laughs> Mine was sex too. And it's just like, it's not okay when you're a kid, even if you're doing it in high school, which I was, it's like, it's shame. You're in trouble. Again, the guilt. I love that you brought that up because I felt that you know, the religion I was raised in that basically you're supposed to only have sex with the person you're married to. So of course I had sex first. So of course I thought, well, now I have to marry him, which we didn't. But my second person that I slept with, I felt so much shame. I was like, oh my God, I've slept with two people and that's like huge. And it was, there was just a lot of shame around it. And even enjoy, like, you'd, I'd almost feel bad if I enjoyed it. Um, and again, judgment, judging multiple partners and just even wanting it. It was almost like I mm. needed to be pursued. I didn't want to go. I didn't like now I can, you know, 
grab my boyfriend's dick. I'm like, let's go. But, <laughs> but before I'm like, they need to want me because if yeah. I do, then somehow it's wrong or something like yeah. that. And yet, like everything you said, I agree with the body esteem stuff. Um, just knowing how to get off, making sure I do yeah. having fun with it. Like it's way more fun now. Way more fun. Um, so yeah, I love that about being an adult. Sex is good and better and way better as an adult. And you're allowed to do it. I guess all the, all the chains are off. That's right. Or allowed on. to do it as much as you want, however you want, yep. with whoever you want. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's so funny. I'm so glad you had that one too. <laughs> uh, and the third one is that I really love about being an adult is the responsibility. And that's kind of like counterintuitive a little bit because when you talk about like, oh, kids are so carefree and it's so like easy and whatever. And it is in a lot of ways. And I actually really appreciate the responsibility of being an adult. I remember um, right before I graduated college, I was I graduated college when I was 21. And my parents said to me, like I was a couple months out from graduation. They said, so we, you know, we expect you're going to be financially uh, independent when you graduate. And I remember being like, <gasps> like having that and like, and really being annoyed at it at the time. Like what, you're not going to like help me, like whatever. You know, I had a lot of girlfriends who graduated, went home after graduation. You know, maybe they couldn't find a job. They stayed at home. Their parents, you know, footed the bill for them for a while. And I'm really proud of the fact that I haven't ever taken a dime from my parents since I was 21. And I think that just put me on the hook to be like, oh shit. Like, and I give them a lot of credit for it because as much as I hated it and felt at the time almost betrayed, it was like, yeah, like, yeah, we just helped you through school. Like, fuck. Yeah. Like you're an adult. And I love, I think I always appreciate having the challenge of whatever is next and being on the hook and, you know, having to learn and assimilate lessons and like this ongoing kind of thing and realizing that like my friends and family are going to be there for me. But like, I like being a lone wolf at times. I yeah. love the challenge. I love the responsibility. I love that it challenges me to be a better person, to be, to be a next level, to elevate. Um, and I remember just feeling so grateful for that at 21 that like, okay, yeah. And ever since then, I've never taken a dime from them. Bought a house, been my own, been on my own financially, yeah. like never had to ask for money. And I just really appreciate that. I love that. I actually was thinking about responsibility and I was like, I don't know if I could write that as a thing, which you did. So I guess I could have. <laughs> it was one of the things I thought of. And I do agree um, because I started working when I was 16, 17 and started making my own money. And I love that because again, back to, I can do what I want when I want. I felt like I was in control. I had a big control. Like my mom and I were, you know, had control issues with each other. And so I loved that I could buy my own car with my own money and move out and pay for my, like, you can't tell me what to do if I like, cause there was always right. that, 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 um, yelling at like that you live under my house under my rules. So I was like, when I'm 18, I'll live under my own house with my own rules and I make my own money and you can't tell me what to do. And so I have kept that attitude obviously. Um, but I do, I did like the responsibility. I just like having my own thing and not being under someone's thumb. Yep. But my third one that I wrote, I, I actually struggled with because I felt like I can do what I want when I want kind of encompassed all of it, um, except sex and sex was too. But the third one I wrote, I just wrote travel because, mm. um, again, it is kind of, I can do what I want when I want, but there is something that's like, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't know traveling as a kid and except to like a road trip to Utah. So I didn't get to see the world and I had these ideas of what it would be like. And I think there's something really cool about being a grown up and being able to see new places and go to like see different people, different cultures. And you can't do that as a kid. You have to be a, you know, 
a stowaway. <laughs> I mean, you don't get to, you don't get to go to Disneyland by yourself. You got to go with your parents. You don't get to do that stuff by yourself. So travel has been such a cool thing in my life that I've learned so much from. And I first traveled when I was 19, um, after like a year into college and I went to Europe and that just changed my life, how I thought about things. My perspective changed in so many ways. And I wasn't, I didn't do that when I was younger. So I'm sure, I mean, sure there's, families who have more money who take their kids on really cool trips and see different countries, but I was not one of those kids. So for me, travel was a cool thing that I've loved about being an adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So your first trip by yourself was when you were 19? Yeah. Yeah. I went to Europe and my parents were like very upset. Yeah. I was going to say they must've been upset. They were, they were like, what? They thought I would leave and then never go back to college. They're like, Mm -hmm. what if, cause I was going for three months. They're like, if you don't come back and then you're going to drop out of school. I mean, talk about catastrophizing. Like what does me going to Europe have to do with me coming back and going to college? Right. But yeah, they did not like it. And then I even remember coming back and kind of explaining what I saw, like different things. And I remember my dad going, well, see, aren't you glad you live in America? And I was like, that wasn't the point. (laughs) I was just like, I was saying how things were different, not because we were better, but just they were different. And I think that travel, I think everybody Mm -hmm. should just go Mm -hmm. to some other countries just to see that not everybody lives how we live. Even different states, I'll be honest about that. You come to LA, it's very different than than North Texas. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, I did, um, I traveled with a girlfriend when I was 21. We went to Ireland for two weeks. um, And that was amazing. My parents were upset that I was going without an adult. um, But I just went. I mean, what are you going to do? And then um, I did not travel alone, at least overseas. Like I hadn't traveled abroad until um, I was leaving my marriage. And that's when I went to Italy for two weeks for the, for the first time. And I hadn't even like traveled. I mean, I would travel for like business trips or whatever, but I hadn't even like gone to dinner by myself or whatever. I remember going to the mountains one weekend when I was in the thick of things in my marriage and we were, I had found out about the affair and I was really trying to figure out like, okay, how can I like start to feel my power? I feel totally helpless. I'm sitting around waiting to be picked. Like this feels awful. Everyone knows what that feels like, that limbo period where you don't know what to do. And I was like, let me just see if I can like go to the mountains by myself for the weekend. And I was so terrified. And I forced myself to go up to the mountains of North Carolina. It was like a two hour drive. And I remember I stayed and I kind of hated it because I was just bored. I was like, what am I doing? Like, why did I leave? Whatever. And I forced myself to go out to dinner. I went out to like one of my favorite restaurants and I didn't bring my phone. I didn't bring my like any sort of something to read or whatever. And I remember just feeling so like, oh my God, everyone's looking at me right now. They must think I'm a fucking loser. Like, believe me, no one was looking at me or giving a shit. Now I go to dinner by myself all the time. Yeah. But back then it just felt like every, all eyes were on me, even though they weren't. I had that experience. And I was like, okay, that wasn't too, too bad. Then when I booked my flight to Italy, it was like, holy shit. It was awkward every second, the entire time <laughs> and terrifying the entire time. But I remember getting back from that trip and having that feeling of just the most empowered feeling of my entire life. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe that I did that. I yeah. can't believe I survived that. I can't believe I just like, wow, like what else could I do? It was like the single most important thing I needed for that sense of self-efficacy to see that like I might be able to leave. Yes. Oh my God. So, so good. Crazy. And it's so good. Just exposing yourself. Yeah. I didn't speak the language. Like, you know how it is. Like, you're just like, it's awkward every second. There was like Italian men coming yeah. up and like wanting to cook for me at their homes. And I was like, I don't know what you're saying right Oh my now. gosh. <laughs> it was so empowering though. Like the, I had, I got a Eurail pass and it was like, you go, you can t- get on any train between these five countries. And I didn't really have a, an agenda. And I didn't, I, 
there's no trains on the West Coast. I've never been on a train in my life. So figuring that out. And I just had this map with the train schedules, which now there's internet and stuff, but there wasn't. Like if I wanted to go check my email, I'd have to find some internet cafe and pay like $5 a minute. And it takes five minutes to upload a page. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't mm -hmm. checking emails or anything. And I remember just once I, when I figured out some trains and then I actually got to the place where I was hoping I was going, I was like, oh, I did, I did it. <laughs> I made it to Paris. <laughs> okay. Like go to Barcelona. I'm like, I'm here. It was the right one. Yeah. Cause I had gone the wrong way a few times and had to like jump off and get, so figuring out that all yeah. was so empowering. It was so, so empowering. empowering. It was terrifying. And just expose yourself to those different cultures, yeah. right? Like, and just being like, okay, everything's different here and like forcing yourself to figure it out. Yeah. I wish I had done that at 19, but I did it at 34, 33 yeah. instead. It was, it's, a, it's good. I Travel's think everybody amazing. should. I think everybody should travel Everyone sometime. just needs to experience different cultures, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I agree. I mean, you did 30 countries before your 30th birthday, which is legit. Very cool. It was a lot. Where's your favorite place? Well, it was for a long time Latvia. Riga is the capital city of Latvia, and it's an Eastern European small country. And um, what I remember most was, I swear to God, every Latvian woman looked like a supermodel. They're like six feet tall, blonde, and they're all wearing like high heels on cobblestone streets. And I was like, <laughs> why is everyone here just so like elegant and just wearing nice clothes and walking so confidently? And, um, you know, I think that city particularly had been bombed during World War II. And so there was also this very interesting old parts of the city that were still standing. And then there was brand new, very modern buildings kind of mixed where like the old buildings had been bombed. And so it was a really interesting mix of like history and then modern. And then just the people had so much, like, I was like, you go to in the States and you go to a Walmart and people are wearing pajamas and sweatpants. They don't give a fuck. And like in Latvia, I'm like, they're dressed to the nines just to walk out the street and like wearing high heels just because, and I thought it was really fascinating that they cared so much. Yeah. I'm like, wow, you guys are, I don't know if it's still like that. That was like I don't know what year, 2005, maybe I was there. So yeah, I always liked that country. It always stood out to That's me. It's so just crazy. such an interesting place. And then I love why I love Europe is all the outdoor eateries and just being able to eat and take your time and just people watch, and drink coffee and eat bread. And I didn't drink wine last time I went. So that would be a new thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I drank a lot of wine last time in Paris. <sighs> See, being an adult has so its good. perks. Well, why don't you guys tell us? Yeah, I want to know. What you miss about being a kid and what you love about being an adult. I liked this one. It was fun. One. All right. Yeah. Tell us, hit us up. Go to thebestlifepodcast.com and join our private Facebook group and post it in there. Yeah, I'd love we'll, to see it. We'll see if, uh, if anybody else agrees with you. And let us know if you had troll dolls too. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.